Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. She's like, I'll just, I'll just be coming into this room every now and then to get stuff, so don't worry about me. But she's... She's checking up on me, man. <laughs> <laughs> She's making sure I'm doing what I said I'm doing. Yeah. Um, sorry, man. I'm sorry I'm late. This is, this, this is ter- 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 terribly and thoroughly unprofessional. No, no, you're grand. Um, I sure I messaged you yesterday thinking, because uh, I, I did a call with Jennifer Zamparelli yesterday and the producer that is called Killian. And I saw his email come in. It was like uh, podcasting, uh, our chat today and I just thought it was you so I was like where is this guy you know? <laughs> I got like really annoyed at you even though you didn't actually do anything <laughs> I was like, sorry, sorry about that sorry for the confusion yesterday that's okay um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very easily confused I, I, I'm I'm not really uh, really m- much I'm not really sure what day it is any day really or, or what time it is a lot these days you- oh I'm the same yeah all concept of time has just gone out the window like um, I know I have things to do, uh, but not necessarily the order or what what month it is. Even do you know what I mean? Like, I have a I have a calendar that I write things in. I have I have a a, a diary that I write things in. Mm. I have I try and journal in the morning. I try and I put stuff on my phone. I still never have a clue what's going on. Like, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's not good. I, I wonder is it just is it is it a COVID thing? I'm pretty sure I was this disorganized beforehand. Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> so same. I think the COVID is just highlighting exactly uh, how disorganized I am. I used to have a job, so I used to have to go in to do the breakfast show, and that yeah. was that was structure. Whereas, <laughs> whereas now it's just like I don't know what's going on, what I'm doing. Um, what did you, where are you living now? I'm a now. Are we recording right now? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't know you started immediately. I thought there'd be like a an intro. <laughs> it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going. There's some things you didn't know. Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Give you energy like buck fast. And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast. Yeah. Good evening and welcome to the Keith Walsh Podcast. How the hell are you? What's going on? What's your name? Where do you come from? All that kind of stuff. It is, it's a Thursday night as I try and get the Thursday night, Friday night podcast up. Podcast. Um, what day are we at? We're at the 1st. It's April 1st. Haha, ha, I'm not putting up a podcast at all. It was a joke. Uh, you're second. Except April Fool's Day is over. Ha I don't know why I do this thing and these start these intros and then have to burp. It's so weird. 
It's so weird, man. Um, I just have checking the mic that the right mic is in. I don't want to be recording on the other silly mic. Um, yeah, what's the crack? Uh, today is the 1st of April. Um, there's been no real kind of easing of the lockdown news to speak of. I don't didn't really pay much attention to it, but apparently we can go anywhere within our own county or 20 kilometers, whichever, and then in, at some stage. And then some GA lads are going to be allowed to train and uh, other things are going to happen. I'm not sure what they are, but ultimately we're still in lockdown. And uh, I think the priority is to just keep the schools going and get the get to the end of the school year and see where we're at. Because then they could, with the schools finishing up, they could just say, right, this is it, full lockdown until everyone's vaccinated, and that will be September. And then the greatest electric picnic of all time where everybody in the whole country goes. And it's like seven, it's just like the whole country is just one big electric picnic. That would be amazing. I would love that. Um. So that's the news. Just in case you, you missed us, and you probably did. Like nobody. The funny thing about the new the, the you know they always put the they always have the announcements on the news, and although I suppose people get it on Snapchat or they get it on is Snapchat work like that. My daughter, I suppose, normally gets the info on Twitter. So people are getting the info. Um. But I do love the way, like, on Twitter, people are like, I can't believe there was a party in this field last night. I'm disgusted. Who are these people? Like, well, certainly none of those people had the party, uh, or were at the party last night, are on Twitter. And your outrage probably won't reach them. Uh, There might be a few in there that feel guilty about it, but, you know, it's kind of hard to stay in lockdown for so long. I'd imagine if you know if, if it's your formative years, like you know you're eighteen, nineteen, twenty, um, you're not supposed to be doing anything. It's very easy for late twenties, early thirties person to be given out about that, you know. Um, given out about the younger people. So that's what we do all the time, and you don't realize you're doing it. You don't realize you get to that age. Suddenly you're at that age and you're giving out about the other generation and you're like, no, it's different, we were different. Oh, no, man, we were different. We would never have done that. And you totally forget about all the terrible things that you did. That's human nature. It's human nature. Um, Just like our parents give out about the kids. We give out about the kids. And... um, sh- uh, so <laughs> plus a change, is that it? Plus a change. Don't know what that means. I think it means that's just the way things are. That's it'll never change. But I could be wrong. Uh, do I have any news for you? Not really. I have uh, tomorrow evening on my. If you're listening to this today or tomorrow, uh, the first of April or the second of April, uh, on the second of April, on my Instagram feed, I will be talking to a young lady who wrote a book called The Accidental Soberista. And uh, it's her second book. And I will also release the podcast I recorded with her as well tomorrow night. So uh, we'll do the podcast. We'll do the chat. I'll have the podcast up. Uh, so I'm going to do an extra, stick on an extra podcast this year. Uh, her name is Kate Gunn, two N's. Yeah, the book is out now. You can go and buy it. 
uh, just 17 euros very good it's a good book about somebody who became uh, sober and an advocate of sobriety sort of uh, sort of accidentally and um, yeah she talks a lot about her early boozing days and how she ended up stopped not drinking and the benefits if you're interested in that and uh, I find it very interesting and it's not all you know it's not all no crack not boozing you know but guys um, but then some people there's lots of people out there that drink and don't have an issue with it so they're grand uh, more power to you uh, okay that's it that's sort of my intro uh, if you are new to the podcast you're very welcome please recommend it to your friends um, obviously if you could if you could subscribe to the podcast then it would drop into your inbox every week you wouldn't have to go searching for it that would be great if you could tell your friends if you could subscribe if you could like it if you could do all the things and thank you very much to Acast, um, the Acast Network this is part of the Acast Creator Network trying not to burp um, my guest this evening is Big Dirty Fry otherwise known as Michael Fry except his name actually isn't Michael Fry his name let me just find out his name is what no that's name Matthew I didn't even know that isn't that terrible I interviewed him and I didn't even know that some researcher you are dude um, Michael Fry I've never done live stuff ever it absolutely terrifies me uh, this is him talking in the Irish Times the online comedian from Navin talks about changing his name and how performing performing was never on his radar for some reason it says performing was never on his radar maybe that's a word that I'd never heard of before the online comedian musical Paradist Matthew Deneen changed his name to Michael Fry for a couple of reasons. Firstly, the username Big Dirty Fry was available for use on Twitter, and that was obviously irresistible. Secondly, Michael was the most generic name you could think of. In my family tree, everyone's called Patrick, John, or Michael. It's the most generic name there is, he says. Now I often kind of wish I picked something more exciting. Yeah, Matthew Deneen is a pretty cool name. Maybe you can go back to that. You could have a stage name and then a regular name. That'd be cool. Um, Matthew Deneen has recently become internet famous as Michael Fry due to a series of videos which in which he has documented online viral moments to the fae stylings of a fictional indie band. Twinks, zip up your mickey. Uh, the, the, the time she left a phone message to her ex-husband. The aggressive yeah, voice messages of the dog groomer. God. And Conor McGregor's sibling, Aoife McGregor. And off the rails... Hanford Parish Council Zoom meeting have all been rendered afresh by Fry in this deadpan musical style. Style. Basically, he writes songs um, about the stuff that happened and was shared on the internet, uh, and he does it in the style of indie band like the XX. Uh, somewhere between Vampire Weekend and the XX, but all the members. He plays all the members of the band, and they all look really moody. And he uses all his mammy's claws. And I recommend you go and follow him. Big Dirty Fry. Um, you won't be disappointed. There you go. We spoke about him. So he made these songs, uh, these comedy songs, essentially. And uh, I remember at the time watching them. People going, "Man, you got to get these. You got to get these out there. You got to, you know, you got to share them somewhere. You got to release them. You got to release an album." And uh, so all the stuff is now on Spotify. So. Aiming that's out of order. There's a song on there. 
So Eamon, that's out of order, is the Eamon Dunphy outburst, the time he talked about that journalist who left his wife for a young one. So on uh, Spotify, it's called Viral Bangers and Internet Mash by Michael Fry, if you're looking for it. And there's a place there where you can make a contribution uh, directly to Michael Fry for listening to his music, and I think you should. Songs like Coinage, uh, that of course is a, a song about... Using the words of Conor McGregor's dad talking about his Hugo Boss suit and getting a load of coins for change when he bought a train ticket on the Dart, the Dublin Area Rapid Transport Transport Union System thing. Anyway, it's very good. He's a very funny man. Go follow him. Thank you very much for talking to me, Michael Fry. Matthew, Matthew, tonight you are Michael Fry. It is episode... I'm going to say, I want to say 86 of the Keith Walsh podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, so you're, you're in Navin at the moment, are you? I'm in Navin, yeah. Navin, living with my parents um, again. Uh, <laughs> so I'm um, staying here for an, another while anyway, probably till about May or June, um, just because it's probably the best place to stay for, for lockdown because I have space and a garden and somewhere to walk, that kind of way. Um, I was in London till about November and... Yeah, there's there's a big difference in having a whole house between you know three four people and having a flat of four people and having to share parks and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not just confined to my bedroom anymore, which is grand. What was the plan when you went to London? Um, I think like I, I went in January last year, so I was only there about six weeks before I literally had to come home again. But uh, yeah, it was it was um. I just wanted to get a job and, and see what it was like to live in a bigger city, you know, because uh, I've been in Dublin for a long time, um, kind of on and off and in and out because of house prices and rent and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I just thought, right, I'll go somewhere else and I'll see if this works out. And then a global pandemic hit. Uh, so <laughs> didn't go that well. Um, but yeah, I was working um, from remotely from Ireland for about five months. Then I went back and then finished it, uh, finished up my job there. So um yeah it was just experiences i probably will go back at some point just because i did like the bigger city and i didn't properly experience it but um i did like london yeah yeah it's a good good city it's i think everyone should experience living and working there for at least a year um i lived there when i left school probably after college i think and i Mm. lived in a place in east acton oh god that's made mistakes isn't it yeah, and this place was called was called Tent City. Right. And it was like a hostel, but you could live in a tent in a big field. And, uh, so uh, I worked in a hotel. I worked in a hotel in South Kensington, lived in a tent at night. And uh, yeah, that was quite the experience. Did you? <laughs> you didn't live in a tent, no? No, I lived in a flat. I lived in like uh, Stockwell, which is kind of between Brixton and Clapham. Um, so that kind of very nice and central, and then I worked in like Canary Wharf, um, which is yeah, just kind of kind of like going to like. Have you ever seen the movie Robots? Uh, it's kind of like that. It's just very futuristic looking. Oh yes, um, yes, yes. So yes, like, yes. and and like, you don't have to leave. You don't ever have to go outside in Canary Wharf because like all the supermarkets and stuff are like underground. So there's this whole thing where like you just you go in and then you don't come out till it's night time again. Like so. Wow, spooky! Yeah. And what kind of work were you doing? Uh, I was working for the newspaper group that owns the Mirror and the Star, so I was kind of doing social media for them. Um, just briefly, I kind of it, it was kind of more or less what I was doing at Joe, just kind of 
um, on with them. So um, very interesting experience, particularly during coronavirus and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I don't think a newspaper environment is a, <laughs> is quite for me, you know, because I'm I'm a clown at the end of the day. I'm not a journalist or, or anything, you know. Yeah. And what, what what where was what was your training before Joe? Where had you gone to college to study this kind of thing? No, I I did French in college and then I got on a grad program, which was kind of like tourism Ireland do this thing every year where they're taking graduates and you work on kind of digital projects and stuff like that. And uh yeah, it was literally just purely because of my Twitter presence that I got hired for Joe. So it was kind of um baptism by fire when I got there, but uh yeah, learned loads. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, learned uh, on the job, as it were. Yeah. And tell me this, <laughs> you know, if you ever talk to musicians, you just go, um, so do you come from a social media uh, meme creating background? Like were your family, <laughs> were your mom and dad out? <laughs> were your mom and dad around the Midlands of Ireland making memes and stuff? Is that where it came from? <laughs> uh not at all <laughs> so i don't think my mother is is even on social media so it's kind of uh completely alien what i do um to them you know but, but musically is there any music in the family yeah i think um my mother's side in particular like my uncles would be in choirs and stuff like that and i think my granddad was quite a good singer or whatever but in terms of my immediate family not hugely you know what i mean neither my parents are big into it or anything like that so it's kind of come out of nowhere if you know what i mean i've no kind of context for it uh which is probably why it took so long for me to actually do it you know um because i've always loved it but it's just one of those things that just wasn't done so you know but when you say you always loved it like what were you doing were you like were you making music on your own were you in spans in school or were you were you uh no i kind of made stuff in my bedroom so i i wrote a lot of wrote a lot of terrible songs uh when i was a teenager and you, never did do anything you, do you have any them, examples you know? of do you have any examples of these songs uh i actually do you know what i did was i i went through everything when i was like 18 and i was so embarrassed by it i threw it away and i'm raging because it would have been absolute gold to go through it again uh like i was watching this documentary called mortified i don't know if you've ever seen it uh where people read through their their teenage diaries and it's the funniest thing ever like so um i kind of wish i kept all that because there was a dude on that who did like a whole uh he did he had a band when he was a teenager he called live evil and he had like a whole song for them and stuff and it was absolutely terrible like you know so um but yeah i was i just did that sort of stuff and didn't tell anyone about it didn't do anything about it um like music wasn't a big thing at my school i don't think um and like you know there's a few of my friends in a band but not the kind of music that i liked so it just didn't you know nothing ever happened with it and then when I was in college, I joined myself and this other guy I met on like boards.ie, uh, started kind of messing. We, we, we released a single and stuff, uh, but we never gigged or anything. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've always kind of played with it, but never, you know, actually released anything until now. Like, What were the themes of your songs you were writing when you were 18? Uh, I guess like, because I, I really do struggle with lyrics and actually being sincere. And I think that probably comes from, you know, being a comedian and having to take the piss out of everything so it's very hard to be like romantic or whatever uh <laughs> when all you do is take the piss out of yourself and other people um but I, I think it would have been just generic kind of i love you kind of pop songs you know that kind of way keep it um, ni- keep no it nice actually and, meant anything keep it nice and vague so nobody knows what you're talking about 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, and th- so you released a single. So what's your, what was, what's your musical influences? What kind of bands you listen to? Um, I, I think like the big ones would be kind of just like guitar pop bands. Uh, so like the XX would be probably the most formative influence, I think, just because a lot of what they do is very simple. And so it was easy for me to play it on the guitar. Um, but I really do like the kind of reverb with just the simplicity of it all. And I really do like bands who do that, the kind of strip back stuff. Um, and I really love like synth pop as well. Uh, so like 80s stuff or like say LaRue came out when I was like 15 or 16. And that was like, oh my God, this is class. Like, you know, um, so it is a kind of weird because I've always loved pop music, but I also had this kind of weird kind of indie kind of taste as well. So like Alt J would be in that, like Hot Chip, um, that that kind of era, if you know what I mean, like the, the early 2010s and those bands were massive. Like, um, so I try and emulate them, I guess. Were you listening to Phantom back in the day? I was actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I do remember going to like the stage at like Electric Picnic and stuff. Like I loved Phantom. I thought it was great. Cool. Um, and... Uh... So what? So where did the? So obviously you're 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 not you're. How do you describe yourself? Online comedian? Just yeah, comedian. I, that's. Is it? Does it matter? I, I think yeah. I think it's online comedian because when you say comedian to people, uh, the first thing they say is tell me a joke, and you're like, I'm not that kind of comedian, and then they're like, Oh, you're not funny, and it's like, No, like. <laughs> I am funny, like, but you know, it's just a different format, you know. Uh, I usually say sketch comedian because that kind of narrows it down and says, oh, I'm, I'm a character, I do characters, I'm not me, uh, if you know what I mean. I don't do myself on stage or, or anything like that. Um, and I think I, I used to do like kind of, I was a regular on Mario's Mario Rosenstock show for a while, and like every week we change it. I'd be like digital comedian one week or digital clown another week or like, you know, kind of online comedian, that kind of way. Um, but yeah, online comedian, any kind of those, those words is what I'd use. I loved the, I love the radio stuff you used to do. Uh, well, you, you probably still, when I say you used to do, it's like, I'm mm. talking to you about like, you know, <laughs> you were looking back at your career. Yeah. <laughs> all, this is all happening. This is all current. This is all things. Uh, the news talk, influenced talk show host um where you kind of be the two voices mm. um i just thought i used to when i did uh when i worked at the breakfast show on spin we used to do a lot of uh we used to kind of do george hook and um mm. uh tony fenton god rest him we did a, a tony fantoni um who was a uh, I think he's. I think he worked for a pizza delivery company mm. at one point, but I love that. Uh, I love the radio stuff you do. Um, what was the first thing you did that kind of that you put up online that that got a bit of traction that made you think, "Oh, this is oh, oh I find this funny," and then like, "Oh, other people are enjoying this as well." I think it was the news talk ones. Uh, it was the first time I'd ever gotten kind of over a thousand likes on a on a tweet. You know, you you get ones like if you're live tweeting something or. You know, just something will take off. Uh, but I never got anything more than kind of 700 or whatever, you know. Uh, and then I put up the first one I did was Teen Talk with Michael Teen. Oh, yeah. About, yeah, News Talk. And it was just like I had like Simon Harris and then the CEO of Permanent TSB and then Benjamin and Yahoo in the same call. Because uh, that was all, they're just names I used to hear all the time when I listened to News Talk. Like, um, 
So that was the first one. And people were like, oh, this is funny. And then I was like, oh, other people have listened to this as well, obviously, because it's a national radio station. So I was like, I'll just keep taking the piss out of them. So I did that like maybe five or six times in a row. And then it just all snowballed. Like it just kind of once people saw one, they'd go back and see the others or they'd be looking forward to the next one. And, you know, you suddenly have, say, Blind Boy or David O'Doherty retweeting it or Kevin Bridges or you know, that kind of way. And it just suddenly just took off in a way I never expected, you know. It's the, I really appreciate the subtlety of it. You know what I mean? Like, mm. and I'm not gonna, I'm not here to, you know, I'm not here to online digital comedy bash anybody, but you know, uh, like I really fucking, <laughs> you know, we're done with the, with the, the, the Irish mammy stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I do that, but. <laughs> no, but, but I just think I, it's just the subtlety. It's the subtlety of, of the way you do it. Mm-hmm. I know you do the Irish mammy, but it's not like, um, it's not like it's been done before. Uh, I just think it's your lightness of touch. It's like, cause you're kind of looking at it going, is this this could be this could be kind of real maybe is this is he is he is he serious it's just so subtle it's lovely it's lovely gentle humor and hilarious at the same time yeah i think that's the kind of the balance i want to strike i guess like gentle is probably a good word for it um i think that's kind of how i like to approach things um i think like there is a place for kind of irish mammy stuff and and uh kind of you know, that broader stuff or whatever, like everyone has their own kind of audience and market and all the rest. Like, you know, there's just certain things that I do. I'm sure other people don't like or whatever. So, I mean, there is kind of genres and uh, there's other people that are just very successful doing the other stuff, you know. Um, But I think my stuff, I always try and have a few different layers and try and have jokes in there because, you know, sometimes you fall down the trap of, you know, just doing a reference. And, you know, that gets you a long way sometimes uh, where people are like, oh, I know that, that's me or that kind of way. But I do also want to try and include an actual joke in there as well, you know, um, particularly if I'm doing an impression. Like it still has to be funny, even if you don't recognize the person I'm talking about or even if you don't know the person I'm talking about. Yeah, but I, and, and, and the Irish mammy on the phone, that's fucking. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, the, it's, it's I just. You've really like sort of carved out your own specific, uh, specific style and niche. Um, so where did you, at what point then did you say, I'm going to be, I'm going to do the band stuff. I'm going to do the, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be a band. We're going to be a band. How did that come about? How did that evolve? Um, I, I was kind of going through my feed there last night to kind of clean it up or whatever on Instagram. And I was seeing like the kind of progression that, that happened. If you know what I mean? Isn't like I, around last summer, I decided I would do, uh, a cover of I think it was Barbie Girl but in the style of the XX or it was the Venga Boys actually was the first one because uh, I, I just loved kind of taking the piss out of them when I was kind of making stuff myself and I was like we'll see how this goes you know I'm not a, not a brilliant musician or whatever but I have the software and stuff I like playing with it Um, I'll, I'll put it up and it seemed to do really well I did more and more of them I did like six or seven of those kind of things and eventually kind of like the joke kind of runs dry after a while it was kind of like okay there's only so many kind of songs I could do this for, you know, and so many covers I could do. Um, so then it became a thing of like, okay, 
what if I don't limit myself to covers of songs that are already done? And what if I don't limit myself to the XX? I pretend to be another band and I can base that on, you know, different other musicians I've seen. So, I mean, the band I have at the moment, it's based, you know, kind of on uh, kind of Block Party would be the main one, I think. And Block Party, kind of the XX, um, kind of those bands where it's like five white guys with guitars um, who are quite moody. Uh, like say like the horrors or like you know um the smiths or like that kind of way you know um and just every band i used to listen to from like 2009 to like 2014 you know that kind of way um and it was nice to just play with that it was kind of like gorillas like you know kind of how they all have animated characters on you i don't have a budget for animation i have you know clothes costumes (laughs) yeah i have my mother's wardrobe (laughs) to pilfer through uh (laughs) so um yeah, it was interesting, the kind of progression into it. And it's just become this thing. Like, there's lots of just little decisions that happened that have turned it into what it is now, you know? It's, I think this, going back to the subtlety, like it's, I used to think about bands. Uh, there's my dog coming in there. Mm-hmm. Bands do, doing photo shoots. Yeah. And uh, like how they decide the face they're going to make for the photo shoot or, you know, what. I mean, the, the classic Irish band photo shoot for all of the 90s and the noughties was just like, mm. you know, fucking, I hate my job, I hate myself, and I, I really hate having my photograph taken. That was the look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember I went to a music conference a couple of years ago. Uh, this was for work when I lived up in Northern Ireland, and uh, there was one in Belfast, and there was this thing of, like, they were saying how to do press releases and things like that, and everybody on this panel were like, the thing I hate the most is four lads against a wall you know and i was i remember thinking oh my god i've seen so many of them you know and just yeah everyone has to look pissed off or serious and it's like yeah i i don't know it's it's kind of like there are bands who use humor quite well i think like vampire weekend or people like that are, are really funny people online or whatever um but yeah i think for some reason the go-to is always kind of just be very very serious about your art and that's kind of it you know and look kind of brooding and profound um which is fine, but I, I obviously I can't do that myself without taking the piss out of myself. So, <laughs> you know, I remember a friend of mine telling me watching you two and uh, just for some reason he, he was watching Adam playing the bass and mm. Adam was just, you know, playing away and, you know, rocking out, whatever, just kind of standing there, not really doing much, you know, because Bono does all the work for everybody. Mm. And then <laughs> at one point, you could just I'll have to show you, you could just see his arm like this playing the bass. And at one point, he just looks over like this and he just goes. Just text, just checks the fucking time and his watch. He's like, "What the fuck? What time is it? What am I doing here? What's yeah. going on?" This is the these are the things now that that's going to happen to you because with bands, it's all in the creating of the, the songs and the art. Mm. And then when they get out gigging, man, they fucking hate that shit. You know how are you going to deal with that? I don't know. It's it's interesting. I am talking about doing that to a few different people and and working out how I would how I would perform. I think. If I'm doing it, I want to go all out, you know, so I'd want to have choreography and things like that. I'd want it to be a performance because there has to be a difference between what you see on Twitter and, and what you would get live, you know, that kind of way. Um, and there will be anyway, because I'm obviously not four different people. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I haven't done live because of kind of stage fright and things like that. So it's kind of like I'm, I'm interested to see will I enjoy it and will there be a buzz afterwards or will it just be like a chore you know because I've seen bands I went to see like Block Party in the Olympia one time and uh, 
they just all looked annoyed, you know, <laughs> especially the bass player. I mean, there's one point where it's like, God, that guy's going to leave this band. He is so pissed off. <laughs> And he's one of the members who didn't leave, which is weird. So, you yeah. know, he looks like he's about to leave mid gig. And um, yeah, <laughs> it's same. Like I, I worked in radio and spin and phantom mm. and these bands that come in and you just look at them going. Why are you here? Why are you doing this interview? You don't want to talk mm. to me. You, you've no interest in explaining what your album is about or when the gig is happening. It was just like just tortured souls. I think they lo- I think they kind of love that. That's part of the. You know, I you know I drink a bit too much. I I'm too skinny and I hate my fucking self and what and and the music I make. You know, I think that's got to be part of the the persona. You need to probably look at that as a. Mm. Well, I I think to be honest, like I I do feel quite bad for kind of musicians and people who are serious musicians, not me. Like you know, I I have created an online following, and that's kind of I my music is getting traction as a result of that, and I do feel bad for people who you know, they're very good at their music. They're very good at what they do, but they have to still also do the online stuff and they still have to do the interviews and all that kind of stuff. And all they want to do is play music, but you have to do kind of photo shoots. You have to do press interviews. You have to go into radio stations. You have to gig and tour and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it is like, not everybody is a is a people person and not everyone, you know, is a personality or wants to be a personality. So um, I do feel bad for this, particularly kind of like in the online era as well where like it takes so much just to get an ounce of people's attention that you know you have to put loads of effort into just getting into people's eyeline never mind their ears or anything like that you need like good press shots you need like an an online mystique and a persona and stuff like that and there's you know it's really hard to create that if you're just not into doing that well also uh, in a funny way, and I know that you're a, you're doing you're a comedian. You have created a persona and a style, and a, just I'm not saying I'm not saying just by mucking around. You've put a lot of effort into it, but by just having fun with it, you've created this. You are you are a thing. You are a, you have a style. You know. Mm. Uh, I I'm, I'm trying to think of similar acts. Like, do you remember? You wouldn't remember the Joshua Trio, would you? Or heard of them? No. So they were basically like um, kind of, they weren't a piss take of U2. They were sort of like a, a cross between U2 and um, something happens. And mm-hmm. uh, let me think, uh, the Hothouse Flowers. And they were comedians, but they were like mm-hmm. a band called the Joshua Trio. And they had songs. And I think the lead singer dressed up as Jesus mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just played gigs, and but they were they were a comedy troupe, but they were they were good, they were they were funny. I also remember one of my favorite songs of all time was a song that Joe Rooney did for a TV show called um, uh, God, it's so long ago now, um, The End. So there was a TV show on RTE um, on Friday night and Saturday night around the time Father T- they started showing Father Ted. And uh, Joe Rooney did this this sort of like it was he was like it was like take that meets uh, one of those boy bands around the time, mm-hmm. and uh, he did a piss take of a song called Stay by E Seventeen, which was about taking yokes and getting the bus outside Cleary's and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But it's like there's there's a great there's like these are songs that have stayed with me. Like this is there's a, there's a proper place for this mm-hmm. uh, for this kind of thing for this art. 
Yeah, I, I think for me, I hadn't. I've seen like Songify this or like, you know, people who auto tune stuff or whatever. And I've seen band parodies, but not necessarily in the kind of indie band Irish context. And I yeah. think that's kind of where where I found the niche. If you know, I've gotten there before anyone else has. It's not as if, you know, anything I do is particularly original. Like there's just lots of things that are pulled from elsewhere. But I think I haven't seen anyone take the pace out of Fontaine's DC. And so I have done that. Do you know what kind of way? You know? Brilliantly, brilliantly. Yeah. Uh, and I always think back to things like Monty Python's, you know, theirs was the contractual obligations album which they had one album left that they owed to the record company. So they just wrote songs about, you know, why they like Chinese people and the country Norway. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, it's a classic album. Like, I, I don't care whether it's a comedy album or it's a whatever. It's, 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 it's absolutely brilliant. Um, are you surprised by the fact that you're now essentially releasing an album that it's gotten to this point? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't think this would, I, I didn't think this would be the most popular thing I ever did. Do you know what I'm going um, I mean, two of my songs have over a million views on Twitter, you know, so, uh, and all of them, because usually for a good tweet or a good video, I'd be looking at maybe 2000 likes. And most of those songs, the song videos, you're probably looking at over 10,000, you know, so this is far and above what I'm used to getting in terms of, you know, positive reception. Um so I just kept doing it, you know, and then now I'm at a point where it's it's the end of March and, you know, I definitely expected to be just busy with my master's and, and not really busy or doing anything at all. And I'm kind of just flat out promoting this album that has somehow been created in the time since since January. So, you know, it hasn't been very well planned at all. I'm sure if I had the idea and properly planned it out and I had an idea of how it would be successful, I'd probably do it differently. But um, yeah, just just completely kind of took me by surprise, you know. I was just thinking, because you mentioned gorillas, when you do the live stuff, you're going to have to have holograms of yourself. I mean, it's going to be expensive, man. I mean, when you play Croke Park, uh, you know, mm. that's that stage, <laughs> that stage show is going to be expensive, you know, holograms of yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, ideally, I think I'd probably have other people with me, but it's hard to find. Bar my younger brother, there's nobody else who's the exact same face. So uh, <laughs> it's going to be hard to, to find that, I think. Um but yeah, I, I love the idea of kind of working with other people as well. So I'm, I'm looking forward to exploring what that would look like. You know, I don't think it will be exactly like the videos because it can't be, you know. No, I think you could find equally uninterested bass players around the place that would join you on stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do actually have a thread on Twitter of uh, lookalikes because uh, people send me people. I just have a very generic face. So people send me that all the time. So maybe I'll give Princess Anne or... Joe Lysa to call and see if they want to come on tour. Totally. You know, I think they, I definitely think they would. How's it going so far? The 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 stuff, the releases. It's 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 out now. It's available on Spotify or it's, it's how, out, how it's can people get their hands on it? It's available on streaming platforms. So I think it's on Deezer and Apple Music and uh, Tidal as well. Um, and yeah, a few others. And probably I think. I need to get it up on Bandcamp kind of separately. I thought that was included in whatever platform I'm using just to distribute everything. But um, yeah, it's been insane, the reception to it, like really. Because um, I can put them on, you can put the songs on your Instagram story as well. So it's kind of cool to see that being played in the background or that kind of thing. And yeah, it's it's um, 
yeah, just not what I expected at all. You know, I, I thought it was kind of, I thought it might be disappointing for people because there's no new content, if you know what I mean. It's just that the songs are up on, on Spotify. But, you know, people are messaging me being like, God, it's such a relief to not have to find this on YouTube whenever I want to listen to it. You know, it's just in my playlist now, you know? Well, I mean, if you were getting like, if 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 on social media you get so, you know, someone had listened or if you'd gotten a two million listens, you know mm. that definitely means people want to go back and listen again. You know, it's it's definitely a, a, a sign. Um, do you? I don't mention like, can this be a living? Uh, in, in what way? Like, can I do this full time? Yeah, could this be like? Is this good? Like, is it a? Like, are you going to retire on this? Are you are you, are you doing a sort of like because of the the air where you want to work in the future? Like, what's your plan? Are you just fucking going, just doing it for the crack? Uh, I I am just seeing how this goes because I mean I wouldn't have been able to predict any of this three years ago. So I've I've absolutely no concept of what three years time will look like. You know, I'm just going to keep doing stuff I like doing, and and we'll see who picks it up or we'll see where it goes. I mean, I'm having a lot of interesting conversations but no kind of concrete plans until I'm actually doing the thing and it's being recorded and I've you know until it's done basically I, I won't believe that anything's happening you know mm. that kind of way um but I mean ideally like I wouldn't have an office job ever again I would just continue to do um whatever it is I do <laughs> you know a sitcom I think a sitcom just Michael a sitcom I think that would work yeah I I, I love the idea of doing tv I'd love just like, I don't know, like a bit part in Dairy Girls or something or, you know, that kind of way or um, just a just a small bit in a sitcom. You know, you used to see like Tommy Tiernan and stuff on Father Ted or, um, you know, what Skins used to be on. There used to be like a comedian who'd play one of the dads or like that kind of way. I wouldn't mind just doing kind of stupid little bit parts like that kind of way. And yeah, maybe they could, they could just follow your life, you know, maybe they just follow you. Follow your the adventures of Michael, you know, it could be like a reality TV slash mockumentary style. I think I think that if <laughs> I think it might be interesting actually to to document you getting ready to play your first gig. Yeah, I uh <laughs> I was kind of well, not not even jokingly, to be honest. It is I've I've made it very, very clear my ambition to represent Ireland for the Eurovision. Have you? Uh, yes. Okay, so let's I... <laughs> tell me about this. Tell me about where this all comes from, what what this ambition is and why. I just think it would be really, really funny. I just think, I, I, lo- I love, I do love it. I love watching it every year and how ridiculous it is. And I just feel like I could, I could bring a level of ridiculousness to it um, that might appeal elsewhere because, I mean, I could I could write a pop song, you know? Mm. Um, so I, I don't know, I got a message from a filmmaker who was like, if you do decide to do this, let me know. We'll, we'll, we'll document the process. And I love the idea of kind of even having a, a, a mockumentary, like a Mike Bassett, England manager kind of mockumentary about the, the, the way up to it, if you know what I mean. Um, but yeah, I, it, it will be interesting to see. I'm, I'm not sure how I, as, as you know, as Michael Fry in real life is, I'm not sure how interesting that is. I would probably have to be an exaggerated version or a character or something like that just to make it fun. So I don't know. Do you hate this kind of thing? Like you, if you're on with Jen earlier on the radio and now you're doing like the promotion of it, would are you are you outside your comfort zone now? Um I a little bit, I would say, yeah. I, I think uh because I don't imagine how I come across, if you know what I mean. It's kind of 
uh, when I have a character, I have complete control over what they say and how they proceed and stuff like that because I've created them. Uh, whereas, you know, and I can get rid of them if it's not good enough or people don't enjoy it. Whereas I can't get rid of myself. So people don't enjoy me. It's kind of like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I talked, so. I had, um, I, do you know Sir Michael? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I had him on the podcast as well. And he was just mm. like, this is not, I don't, I, like I had to, it took me a long time to convince him to do the podcast. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is not, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't, basically, I don't want to be here. I don't like this, but he did mm -hmm. it in fairness to him. But I completely understand like that's, that this is kind of like, could be, you're coming across very well, by the way. I don't want to. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. But like, there's a lot of kind of very funny kind of writers and stuff like that and who aren't that comfortable with the whole personality thing because they're two very different skills, you know, um, like say, say for like Ruth Jones, for example, who wrote Gavin Stacey, like a very, very funny character actress and uh, writer and all that kind of stuff. But panel shows or whatever, I, I can definitely see myself in her, if you know what I mean, because there is not a discomfort, but it's not, you know, it's 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 not her thing, you mm. know, uh, and I, I'm probably like that as well, I think. Uh, but mm. I've met people who are comedians and stuff like that who just refuse to go on camera, refuse to kind of do any of that sort of stuff. They would much rather be in the background you know um so like it does take a certain personality to do it i think like say tony cantwell or killian sunderman or darren conway like they are personalities and that kind of bleeds into their comedy and stuff like that whereas i think i would be a little bit more character based rather than myself yeah you've just mentioned a few comedians that's a real you've got there's a real um there's a real uh there's a real scene man Mm, yeah I th there's a wave i think of, it's a of wave online comedians like kind of selfie sketches you know um and it's it's normally twitter but i mean there's there's a few people on instagram are very similar to myself and and those lads like um but it's yeah it's, it's great to have people who do what you do and understand what you make and all that kind of stuff um so like Sean Burke, for example i met met him in london it was just so nice to be like oh you do what i do which is crazy like you know yeah, because then the person isn't like, you're not going, what exactly is it? Mm. What exactly is it, Michael? What would you call yourself? Where would you put yourself? What's the, yeah, there's definitely, like, I I, I love all the stuff on, on that, that's happening. And I could see, it's it's been great to see it evolve and to see, to see, like, like people like yourself and, and uh, Darren and like just the confidence growing in, mm. like, I think this is fucking this is oddball, a little bit off the wall. I think it's funny. And yeah. then to see that, you know, you can see it almost in them, like, and yourself as well, a little bit of reaction, like, oh, I can go further down this road. Mm. This is yeah. this is great. I think it's the the kind of the ramp up in terms of our editing and sort of scales, if you know what I mean. Like, as in, I don't think I attempted any kind of cuts or edits really until I started doing the music stuff. Uh, if you know what I mean so now, now that I know how to do that I can add more things and just different elements to it and like Darren is obviously working with with people who have decent camera equipment Sean Burke is he is a video editor so he's very very good at doing kind of those formats like his now this kind of style videos or um, having a, a room just full of him talking to himself you know what I mean I, th I think uh, that's what's kind of really exciting about the, the online stuff is you can add those bizarre elements in without having to evolve a whole studio or special effects teams or anything like that yeah because I, I i know that i got into radio because myself and 
my my friend and Joe when we did the breakfast show on Spin. We got into radio because we were like, well, we were writing sketches and we we're like, well, we can't do television because nobody wants to give us money to make a television thing. We can't do film because we can't afford any equipment and we we worked in the in pubs so we didn't have any money. But we but radio seemed to be accessible we could just do the voices and write the sketches and that was it and all we needed was a mic mm. whereas now i think uh this kind of thing is much more it's great to see it because there's things are accessible like you, you know there's things you can do on there's things you can do on tiktok that you couldn't have done with mm. the studio 20 years ago oh tiktok is that's it's that's why it's so popular is it's essentially kind of like after effects but it's free and it's you know kids can use it and they've uh, like I, I don't even know what I'm doing on there sometimes. Do you know what I mean, it's oh. it's uh, it's amazing what they can do with kind of green screens and different filters and effects and uh, yeah, just it's it's but yeah, it's accessible. That's the thing. It's you know you can do it on your phone. You don't need a degree or like years and years of practice on Adobe Premiere or anything like that. You can resize everything. It's it's yeah, it's all in your pocket, which is I think the exciting thing about the online stuff. It is great because it's like if if you have a funny idea, you can just make it now pretty much mm. uh you know once you have a tiny little bit of confidence and a little bit of small bit of cockiness you can make it uh like you don't have to have gone to cambridge footlights and you know become part of a troop or you know tour the country or go to edinburgh or mm. any of those usual routes um and i sometimes find i don't know if you've noticed like there's a little bit of snobbery I saw, and I, I'm not saying Tommy is a snob, but I saw the two Johnnies on with Tommy and he was kind of like, he kept saying, what is it that you do? What is it that you do? And and he's not like, I'm not having a, go, a pop at him, but I was like, well, mm. like they're entertainers. It doesn't fucking matter if you can't put it into a category. It's just like, they're they're popular. Mm. People like their stuff and that's end of story. Like that they're they're entertainers. And, you know, it's, it's like that... Uh, it's the, the quest to find out what exactly I think that I think that there's older stand up comedians mm-hmm. that don't know exactly what it is that you guys do and don't trust you. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of I mean, it depends on how much I, I don't think Tommy Tiernan spends that much time on social media. So, I mean, it is alien to, him, you know, in the same way that like, uh, I mean, what's his name? KSI was on uh, Bake Off the other night and. I don't know him really. I didn't actually come across him until like a couple of years ago or like last year, actually. And it was only because one of my mates had interviewed him. Um, so like, it's just that thing of like, if you're not on those platforms, you don't know anything about what it is. So I'm sure Tommy Tiernan doesn't know who I am, you know, that kind of way. Um, whereas like, you know, people who are online, who are on Twitter and stuff like that do know who I am. And people who are younger than that, who are maybe on TikTok, don't know who I am. So it depends on what kind of space you occupy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a a snobbery thing necessarily i think it's just like he just hasn't come across it before you know um i I, like mario rosenstock was great when i kind of was on his show and stuff like that and he was very complimentary of my stuff um and i think there's an understanding from from people like that that this is the way things are going it's all online and it's you know this is the future of this kind of stuff i mean live's always going to be there um obviously it's not now because there's a global pandemic but i mean it's going to come back and stuff like that but uh i think what the pandemic has done is it's lent uh like a legitimacy or whatever to people like me and that like i am now on the feeds of stand-up comedians who are like oh god i couldn't do that that's that's funny you know that kind of way um so yeah it's it's interesting how the landscape is changing but i, I think stand-up's always going to be there yeah totally yeah um 
there was a guy cancelled recently and I had to go and ask my son who he was because I'd never heard of him. But I was like, mm-hmm. he, he'd gotten so big and was earning loads of money and he was a YouTuber or something. And then mm-hmm. and then he was cancelled and I hadn't heard of, I hadn't been aware of any of it. And I was like, have you heard of David? Whatever. And he oh, was like, yeah. Yeah. He was like, he was like, yeah. I said, um, apparently he's a bad guy. Don't watch his videos anymore. He's been cancelled. Mm-hmm. It, it's funny what, if you're not in that space, you're not aware of people. And the first time I heard of a guy, is he's, he's been cancelled, you know, which is... Yeah, I, I had that exact same conversation with my brother. I had no idea who that person was, like, you know. Yeah. But then also, like, what I'm finding as well is, like, I'll get followed by certain YouTubers and stuff like that. And my brother's like, oh, my God, this person's following. And he's like, I don't know who that person is, you know, but they have a million followers. So, like, I mean, great. Like, you're not going to... If you ever get called out by some... <laughs> some i don't know ksi junior mm. or some like young lad he'll call you out and he'll want to fight you then and it'll be like be like a 50 million dollar fight in las vegas that could happen soon man oh i'd love i love the idea of us doing like white collar boxing in ireland and then me fighting james calvin but then he kicks the shit out of me because his brother's like an mma coach <laughs> i think killian uh well, it was killian sunderman is that his name yeah i think i think i think he'd be good <laughs> Just based on the recent video he made, I think he'd. Uh, I'd love to see him fighting. Uh, I think that's where you need to go next, you guys. You know, you need to. Mm. You need to come up with the next move. You know. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's finding ways to collaborate, uh, mm. and obviously, like that's kind of impossible at the moment, just because of lockdown or whatever. But I mean, me and Sean have done. We did like two sketches, kind of remotely, where we we were different characters on the end of a phone to each other. Um, whereas, like you know, I think uh, Ryan Carrick had uh, Killian Sunderman and Darren and Sean in, in a sketch together, and you know that kind of stuff. So once things open up, I'd absolutely love to work with those guys uh, because obviously they're they are what I do. And we have a very similar sense of humor. You know, I think that's definitely where this is going. It's just how do we do it. Mm. I'm telling you, there's, there's, it'll be, it'll be all of you guys in Croke Park. It'll be like you're like the new Westlife, and then they'll be saying like, this comedy is the new rock and roll. It'll be like, uh, it'll be like the '90s all over again. <laughs> and you guys are going to get start drinking too much. You're going to start doing all sorts of crazy stuff. One of you will get cancelled. It's, it's going to be brilliant. I mean, just make sure you're not the one that gets cancelled. Just yeah, I, I, I'd like to think I'm quite careful. Uh, are you getting any do you get much hate or do you get much like i know everybody gets trolled and everybody gets shit but are you um not really no i i i don't uh i think a lot of that is i'm a man and we just don't get the same level of shit that that women do on the internet you know what i mean there's colleagues of mine who are female comedians who yeah just just get awful stuff i mean people just replying all the time with their own additions to what they've said or yeah. trying to correct them or like trying to take them up on stuff and it's like or just just sending pictures of their dicks to them you know what mm. i mean and it's like can it, like i don't get that stuff because they, they just they just wouldn't ever do that to me you know that kind of way um it's just it doesn't come across come into their head to do that to, to another man like so um yeah i mean people do like obviously like the bigger you get, the more people you come in front of and the more people who, you know, don't want to see you or might find you irritating or whatever. I, I completely get that. And people are entitled to their opinions if they dislike me or whatever. Um, Obviously, like if you're tweeting abuse at me, that's a block or that's a mute. Like, do you know what I mean? But that rarely happens. You know, there's very few people who I've upset that much. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, I think people forget as well. Like, There's, there's another person at the end of the the line. If you know, so if you're tweeting at somebody, you forget that like it does actually come into your 
timeline, your inbox and stuff like that. And another person is reading this. So maybe, maybe think about it. It's not just kind of like a faceless celebrity you've seen on the TV that can't see what you're saying. You're not going to wait. Yeah, totally. Uh, what's your favorite song that you've from, are, are we, are you calling it an album? Are you just calling it a, I think I've called it an album. I think it's more like a compilation or an anthology. Uh, <laughs> album, but yeah, I think my favorite one on that one probably Coinage, probably Tony or Tony McGregor's yeah, yeah, branch because yeah, yeah. it's a nice kind of killers, white lies, stadium rock kind of thing. Uh, that's kind of uh, like, and a great subject one. as well. Like great, like the the lyrics, <laughs> the lyrics. Are, he was, a, you know, Tony's a great man. Do you have to give him money for the lyrics? Uh, I don't know. I haven't. He hasn't approached me about it. I'm sure. You know, whatever five euro I. I earn off Spotify. I mean, he can have that. That's fine. He won't take it. He won't take change unless you can give him a crisp five. Yeah, I mean, there'd be no room for the for the coinage. Uh, That's on him. (laughs) So that's your favorite. Okay, cool. And um, so genuinely, have you been talking to people about doing live stuff when this when this all opens up? Yeah. Yeah, there's a friend of mine who's who's he's a he's in a band himself and he runs a studio and stuff like that. So we're going to work out how exactly I, I play everything and how I, you know, I probably will have kind of pads or uh, keyboards or whatever to trigger everything or that kind of way. Um, it's just figuring out what's the most efficient way to do it. It doesn't mean I'm reliant on loads and loads of tech because, you know, the more you add, the more that can go wrong. Uh, so, and I don't want that to happen over the first few shows anyway, you know. David O'Doherty, he just sits there with his little keyboard, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, <laughs> so I, don't, I mean, I don't yeah, think very, get the... very, very talented musician. But I mean, yeah, he plays the one interested instrument and sings over it. If you know what I mean. So it's kind of it is a different, different ball game altogether. Like I don't think you get the sounds you need out of that little keyboard that he uses. <laughs> um, listen, I just want to um, thanks so many for coming on and chatting to me. And I've I've been following you, not not in a weird way, but just mm-hmm. your. Uh, your comedy stuff and uh, it's brilliant brilliant to see you doing well and best of luck with everything and uh, I can't wait to see how it, how it evolves and what happens next thanks for having me on and, yeah it's um, been fun say hello to everybody in Navin for me If you, well you won't see anybody will you no probably not realistically if you see anybody say hello to your mum and dad yeah I'll tell me. them you were asking for, asking for, for them first, first, first. <laughs> yeah alright thanks a lot man alright cheers best Keith Talk to you soon. Good luck. All right. See you later. There you go. Thank you very much, Michael Fry. Or Matthew. Yeah. Matthew. Matthew is his name. Michael Fry is not his name. Big Dirty Fry is how you'll find him on social media if you want to have a laugh. He's very funny. You're probably following him already. And, uh, yeah, he's got his stuff is out now on Spotify under the name Michael Fry. Matthew Deneen is his real name. But forget about that. Forget about his real name. It's Michael Fry. I remember people in... I went to college and those people who would uh, initially... Like, I remember one girl, her name was Sheila. And then some people when we met... I don't know, you know the way you've got college mates and then sometimes you meet the real mates and then her friends were calling her Sadie and I was like, what? What's going on here, Sheila? Sadie, what's your name? Um, And then... It turns out that some people could, were going to college on one name and then getting social welfare on another name. <gasps> terrible. Absolutely terrible. Anyway, thank you very much to Matthew, Michael Fry, for joining me on the podcast. Please go and listen to his music and support him. And there is a link there. 
on the Spotify thing where you can send him some money and hopefully play some live, live gigs. That'd be great. Um, yeah, and that's it. That's it for tonight's Thursday night, Friday morning podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, please subscribe, tell your friends, give us a review. And if you want to send us a few quid, there is a supporters link in the description of the podcast. All you do is click on that and it will tell you how to donate 50 million euro. Uh, that should keep us going for another week or so. Uh, I will, if you're listening to this on the 1st of April, I'll be back with another podcast tomorrow night. And if you're interested, I will be live on my Instagram talking to Kate Gunn about her new book. So that should be interesting. And the podcast will be that I'm putting out tomorrow night will be with Kate Gunn about her new book, The Accidental Sober Easter. That's it. Good night. I hope you have a good evening and all the things that you wish for come to you. I didn't even talk about my carding with Keith kids classes today, which were superb. Super duper. I love them. Uh, it's basically a class where I, we talk about drawing and colouring in and all that kind of stuff and the kids join in and uh, they're on Zoom and um, it's grass because like I, I would you know go through pretty much I'd go through kind of what I you know what I draw and the style I draw and then I'd show them you know how to draw a rabbit cartoon rabbit and give them a you know a rabbit with a tie and his thumbs up and he's standing outside a house and and um, but also I'd be saying look you just guys just can just draw whatever you want and invariably, they just draw whatever the heck they want. They're not interested. They've got their own thing going on, their own style, and it's absolutely brilliant. Anyway, good night. Take care. Be good. Don't let the bed bugs bite. And may the bird of paradise infest your eardrums. Something like that. Take it easy. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.